0: Today's DAF is DAF Chav page 28 in the Heligum Masechus Ksubus. And we pick up from the Mishnah on the bottom of 27B. Alright, we're going to pick up the Mishnah at the bottom of Chav Zayin um, Uh Eight lines, uh, six lines from the bottom. Give everybody a moment to find it. <laughs> there we go, yep. Mishnah, Omar of Zechariah. Alright, six lines from the bottom. You got it? Omar Reb Zechariah ben Akatsov, Reb Zechariah ben Akatsov says, which is an expression of taking an oath, I swear by the Beis HaMikdash, my wife, apparently, what happened with Reb Zechariah ben Akatsov, um, is there was a siege, right? And this actually was taking place when, how appropriate... Around Yerushalayim. Incredible. Mom is coming up on Tisha B'av. And he says there was a siege around Yerushalayim, but I swear by the name of the Beis HaMikdash that my wife's hand, uh, my hand never let go of my wife's hand. ad Until the occupying forces, uh, the Goyim, came into Yerushalayim, and they left. Meaning he's taking an oath saying, I know that my wife was not molested. I know she wasn't violated. Omrulai, they said to him, still, you're going to have to find another witness. You're not allowed to testify about yourself. Now, why is he testifying about himself? Isn't he testifying about his wife? But as we know in Halacha, there is the concept of Ishto Kegufo, that one's wife is Kegufai like their body, which, by the way, if you think about this concept, is so incredibly um, fascinating in that in all of creation, in every living entity, there's male and female. The Torah tells us, Hashem made male and female. The only entity that Hashem did not make male and female is humans. Right? Because how did Hashem originally make humans? He made one human, and then made human number two from human number one. Every other creation started out with a male and a female. Humanity started out with one as one. Now there's a dispute how we start out as one. One of you know uh, the, the the most known opinion we'll call it is that Hashem first made Adam and then he put Adam to sleep, took out one of the bones, took out a rib we'll call it, uh, or as some people say a vertebrae. And he made uh, Chava from the spine. Why didn't I just, Hashem just make Adam and Chava? Even the other opinion the, that says that Chava wasn't made from Adam's bone was that Adam and Chava were created as one entity attached back to back at the spine, and then Hashem separated them. Why couldn't Hashem just make a male and a female like a cow? Like, like a sheep? Because, Baruch who made, because this is going to be part of the reality to perpetuate creation, and he wanted there to be an existent reality of a oneness between male and female. And therefore, Ishtay kigufay is a much deeper concept than just, oh, we got married. Therefore, getting back to our Mishnah, let's make this practical. Can Reb Zechariah ben Akatsav testify about his wife? No, because he's testifying about himself, and you're not believed. Testify about yourself. Okay, here we go. Says the Gemara, we and Even though the Chavim said you can't testify about yourself... Gichid la'bayis b'chatzereh. Incredible. They weren't allowed to be together anymore. So you know what they did? They had a very cordial divorce. And they lived side by side, sharing the same courtyard. Now, as we're going to see soon, this is a tremendous chiddush. This is a very um, novel idea. Huh? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we assume that she may have even willingly had relations to save herself. That's the automatic chazaka. Now, some of the mafarshim here say that they actually, what this is an expression of is they didn't even actually get divorced. They, um, they, uh, they remained married and that's why they were allowed to stay together. But listen to this, this is amazing. And when she would go out, she would go out before her children so that there wouldn't be yichud, this way there was always somebody in the house, whether or not they actually got divorced is a, is a conversation, but even if they didn't get divorced, they made sure not to be miyachid, not to have yichud, this way there was, uh, in case they were forbidden to each other, which the Bezdin paskin they were, the chachamim said to them, you're not allowed to be with your wife, he says, I know she's fine. We said, uh, t- tough luck, right? What's the last letter of the olive face? Tough. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you say. We're not listening. So th- th- they still shared the same courtyard. Fine. Boy Bai. Abai says, So this is so, so givaldy. You ready? Says Abai, Can this arrangement, or is this arrangement proper? In nowadays when it comes to divorce. If a couple gets divorced, Is it allowed for them to remain neighbors, share a courtyard, and just make sure that there's no yichud together? Just make sure that there's never a time where there's a possibility of them being alone. Now, we're more concerned about a previously married couple being alone than a random two people um, living and sharing the same chatzah because when people have been married, they really know... Each other's buttons Both for better and for worse And there's a concern That they may return much quicker To a level of intimacy So perhaps We would even tell them Once you got divorced You cannot even share a chatzar Even if you make sure not to have yichud We're more concerned about you guys You guys better You know Separate much further So here's his shayla What about a regular divorcee? Hatsam Do we say by z'chariah ben Rev Zahari Ben, uh, Re- ben Akatsov's wife That we were lenient Listen, she was taken into captivity We already learned previously When it comes to a captive In general, we're going to be lenient with her Now, why would we be lenient with her? Because we know that there is a possibility She wasn't molested There's a chazaka she's molested. But do we know for sure she wasn't? No So you, you include the fact that maybe she's not Along with Make sure there's no yichud And we'll say, okay You can remain together but by a regular divorcee maybe they're not allowed to get together now this is this is fascinating the mafarshim here say why by a regular divorcee would it be a problem listen here let's say they decide they like each other again what could they do in five minutes put a ring on the finger Shalom al Yisrael let's get back together and fine right remarry the woman you divorced no biggie unless you are a Kohen, beautiful. Okay, so the the this question has to be talking about the kohen who's not allowed to get back together with his wife. I don't Or do we say there's no difference whether it's a kohen who divorced his wife, whether it's the case of a captive? Either way, we're going to allow exes to remain in the same area, sharing the same courtyard. That's our shaila again. Reb Zechariah ben Akatzov stayed with his wife, who had a status of being a captive. The Shaila now is: Does this apply even by a classic case of divorce, or not? So, answer the Gemara. Toshma, come and listen. Time under Rabbi Samagari, says, like I divorce his wife, with light. The halacha in general is: You should not even live in the same neighborhood. It's 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 not proper to live in the same neighborhoods, okay? And Rashi says because they know each other's nuances. They know each other's ins and outs, and therefore there's a much greater chance of uh, of leading to an avera. Okay, Some guys am let us say, Fine. Top of today's v'im and let's say the husband was a kohen. So not only uh, you know are, do, do we say you guys should separate far, but like sudar the Mavli, she's not even allowed to uh, live with him in a mavli. Okay, a Amavoy, uh, which is a broader area than just a uh, shkuna, is not really the same city. A shkuna is like the the same quarters. Okay, you, you share the same uh, yards together. A you mavoit know, is is, uh, is even broader. There's more families involved in that. In kfar let's say it's a small shtetl, you have a small town. You you, you can't go too far, right? Okay. You have a small shtetl, you have a small town. So we we consider that to be a shchunah. What's a shchunah? A regular neighborhood. Bottom line is, any woman, and again, it has to be a woman that you're not allowed to remarry. So it could either be a Kayin and his divorcee. It could be a Yisrael who divorced and his wife married somebody else. In the meantime, you cannot take her back either. Either way, as long as it's a woman that you're not allowed to remarry, fascinatingly, and this has practical applications, not literal... To this Gemara, and there's there's a lot that needs to be taken into a uh, account, and this is going to be the conversation now until the mission of fascinating conversation about divorce and how you separate and how exes are meant to deal with each other. Um, but uh, says the, uh, the, the the there are obviously a number of other as the word ramifications, another of um, uh, ramifications, I think. That, that, that currently we would take into account when de, when deciding all this, and we'll see this in an even stronger sense right now as we go through the Gemara. The Gemara says, you know, you are not supposed to live in the same neighborhood in the same shchunah. Ask the Gemara who has to move, who has to leave. You say you are not supposed to live share these courtyards and be too close. Me <laughs> me. So who's got to leave, him or her? So Gemara says, Toshma, come and listen, let's try to prove it. The Tanya, we learned in her b'raisa. He nitches She should be the one to move first. She should be the one to move first. Why? Not because we're anti-women. Ve'en hu But not him. We'll explain why soon. However, let's say, she came into the marriage with the house. So she could tell him, "Listen, get out of here." okay? She came into the house. She put down the down payment. She now they get divorced. She says, "Adios, bye bye, so long." Okay. But otherwise, we're going to otherwise we're going to say to her that she should be the one to move first, as we're going to see soon. A reason why. asked the question, searching for information. What if they had both their names on the house? What's the halakha? They both own it. They purchased it together. They came into the marriage. Each one puts down $50,000 for the down payment. So it's Mama's, uh, It's uh, jointly owned. Okay. As a, a Gabbai walks over to a Yid and Shul. Listen to this one. He says, I want to give you an Aliyah. What's your name? The Yid says, My name is Esther... Ben Maisha. The Gabbai says, Esther Ben Maisha. Says, yeah, I'm having financial trouble. Everything's in my wife's name. <laughs> All right, fine. So here we go. So that's a, it's, uh, it. It's it's in both their names. All right, so in both their names. So so who gets kicked out? Says the Come and listen from here. He me In general, we say she should be the one to move. Now, why? Ben Maishkinah. What's the case? If you're going to say that he bought the house, is it any logic to say he has to leave his house? No, it's obvious that if they get divorced and it was his house and he put his money down, so she should be the one to go get another house. The Allah rather, you're going to tell me that it was, uh, it was her courtyard. That can't be. If it's hers, <laughs> she should tell him, get out of here. If it's hers, he's got to get out of here. El Allah, rather, what's the chidish of the braisa? Where we say she leaves, it's got to be ki where it's jointly owned. They both own it. And that's where we say if somebody's got to move, it should be her. That's the answer, says the Gemara. What? No. Maybe, where do we say that she's got to move before him? Maybe that's only when they were renting a house. Yeah? So they're renting a house from somebody else. They get divorced. Who should go find another house? Maybe that's where we say she has to. But let's say both their names are on the house. Who's, and they own it. Who says he's got first dibs. And he could tell her to go, find, uh, to go find another house. Okay. So let me ask you a question now. Couple gets divorced. They jointly own the house. Says she's got to move. What's the case? Why? That's the case. There's, no, cla- no, he, he There's to, no clarity here. He owns a business. Huh? He owns a business, or he is a pornosa in that very town. She's okay. A okay, hold up. Givaldic. Well, Steve's start, Steve starting to talk about job and being a breadwinner and, and, and needing stability for where you are, and that's where the Gemara is about to take us. Says the Gemara, beautiful. Says the Gemara, my Havi Allah. What is the bottom line, Pesach? So give it. It says No, give it to us. They both own the house, jointly owned. This is an ownership. What do we do? Gemara says Toshmak. Come and listen. It says in the pasuk. All right, this is a pasuk in Yeshaya. The pasuk says, Hine Hashem ital, talcha tal Hashem will cause you to wander around like." a man, like a male, and Rav says, what do you mean that they're going to wander around like a man? What does that mean? You know why? This is talking about Kali being displaced. And we're going to be wandering around like a man. Says Rav, you see from this Pasuk, it is much more difficult for a man to not have a... Uh, stability a home a place to a place to establish himself than a woman according to rob's answer listen to this this is so powerful the reason why a wo- if you get divorced the woman should move is because of midos you're both equal you both own it women the way hashem manufactured women is they'll have an easier time adjusting to change and a new home Therefore it's only right That they should be the one Because Lemaiso, we're stuck 50-50 Somebody's got to go That's the halacha Someone's got to go Midos tells us When it's 50-50 And there's no other factors Again keep that in mind There's no other factors We're not deal- Nowadays you talk about a regular divorce There's other factors involved You can have children and this I got in some ISA, uh, Jobs in this city and uh, Whatever it is but if 50-50, it's much easier for a woman to adapt. And therefore, based upon this Pasuk, we're going to say she should be the one to, uh, to move to a, to a new town. Okay. Tanu rabbanon, the rabbis learned and socially. Listen to what happens. You have a Kohen and his wife who got divorced. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, there are times where people, you know, when you get divorced and it's it's not even a divorce situation, there's people that, that get their lives so intertwined and interdependent on other people that you can never break away. You can never break away. Okay, the Kayan borrowed money from his wife that she inherited from her father, and now they're divorced. Listen to this incredible brisa. She should not directly deal with him. Rather, she should set up an intermediary to deal with him. If you're if you're no longer married, have somebody as an agent as a go between you 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 should not be dealing with each other financially in this way you, it's got to end you got to separate this and you got you got to go, go, you got to figure out a clean break somehow but the ones who work out the break are not the ones especially oh if you were a married couple and now you're no longer married says the bride no it's it's not proper to be the ones who are directly dealing with each other in this way um, Rav says says incredible how, how we, you should know if the Kohen and the woman he divorced and this applies also to anybody who it's forbidden to get back together with okay? it's no longer appropriate to be uh, to, to be together in a setting that can lead to intimacy so you know what we're going to say to them A Kayan and his divorce he shows up to Bezin they're arguing over this money that maybe he borrowed or whatever you know what Bezin is going to say we're not talking to you Sorry, we don't take such cases. Go appoint an attorney. We're not talking to the two of you right now. We're not talking. It's not, the, 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 the two of you shouldn't be handling this together. Rav Papa says, We'll even threaten them. Whilst, I'm adding the word. me means you put them right? And we tell them, you guys should not be dealing with each other like this. We'll even give them Malkus. For, it's such a transgression for even dealing with each other in this way This is so incredible You know, I'll, I'll tell you why I'll tell you why Because even if it's not literal to so many people's cases of divorce It's letting us know that Listen, there's a reason why there's get in the Torah It's a mitzvah to get divorced at times There's a mitzvah to write a get if needed Even though obviously... Right? We know all we all know the chazal that the Shekhinah cries whenever there's a divorce, but there's get for a reason. There's a time and place for get where it's necessary. But here's the thing. After that goes through, you know, nowadays there's a there's an, and rightfully so to an extent, there's this concept of proper co parenting. And yet it's it's besides for blended families, even before families. But be able to co-parent as divorcees is such a delicate balance. And this Gemara is teaching us how to handle that balance. How to handle it. Yes, there has to be a cordial relationship. Yes, there has to be a respectful relationship. The worst thing for anybody after divorce, particularly the children, is when spouses start turning children against the other and, and, and using them as pawns. To, to get something else There has to be respect There has to But there also needs to be A distance There has to be a distance We're no longer married Unless we're looking to possibly Reconcile right? But if you're no longer married You have to you, you have to realize You might at times Even need to be more careful Than somebody Who's never been married To each other Because you know each other's uh, Each other's buttons For better and for worse Let's keep going i um, of Nachman Reb Nachman says Tana. Uh, we learned in a uh, um, the, we in a brisa, the evil rabasi in evil rabasi okay, Eval rabasi is a brisa that was not put into the general mishnayis and a lot of them center around the laws of avelus it's called evil rabasi so we learned in evil rabasi but bediv when did we say that if they show up to bezden bezden's not going to deal with this directly with each other Shemiz is garshim and anesuin. That's when they were fully married. They had Arisen, they had Nesuin, they lived together, and then they got divorced. Avokeshan is Garshim and Arisen. Let's say you had a coin and, and uh, his wife, and they get divorced from Arisen. So they never really moved in alone. They don't really know each other well. They don't know each other that well. They never, they never Pasha live together. Forget being intimate together only. They don't know each other's nuances. So, frasa ide Atma, then it would be okay. If she comes to Besden to collect the loan from her Kayin uh, ex-husband who divorced her, that's okay. She ain't by There's no concern. They're not so familiar with each other. They're not so uh, arrogant around each other. And, uh, and therefore, it's not inappropriate. Now, who sase? There was a couple that had Aresin. And over here, we're dealing with a Kayin and his divorcee. So they had Arison, Okay, he acquired her. Stage one of marriage. You put a ring on her finger, but they never moved in together. And then they got divorced. They came in front of Rava. why did they come in front of Rava? They got too intertwined financially. And they had, it was messy with the finances. They needed a Pesach halacha. Yosef, Ravada, Ramasa, came Ravada, Ramasa was in front of Rava. And Rava, even though they never moved in together, this couple, Rava said to them, I'm I i, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to deal with the two of you together. There has to be somebody in between. Amr le'Revada Bar-Masin, Revada Bar-Mas says, why? They only got divorced from Arison, Amr of Nachman, Right? We know that Rav Nachman pointed out that the Bryson of says, it's only an issue for them to work with each other directly if they had Nisuin, if they moved in together. But if they only had Arison, Rebbe... Why are you being makhbet on this? Why are you being so uh, concerned? They, you're right, they never moved in together. But I could tell, and this is so chashuv, I could tell by the way they were interacting with each other that it wasn't appropriate. And therefore, I'm choosing to extend the issue of nisuin to this case as well. Which makes a lot of sense. Because it's all about Logic. Do you vibe with each other? Do you get each other? That very often will happen after an Nesuit. But let's say the, 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 this, this couple after Arison has this personality and has this little bit of, of jive with each other that can lead to things that, uh, you know, that the Besden feels can lead to something inappropriate. The Besden has every right to say, sorry, we're not dealing with this directly. We're going to have somebody in between. This way, it doesn't lead to any sort of Avera. There are those who say the story was a little bit different. That actually Ravah did not appoint a Shliach in between the two of them. And Ravada Barmasna, who was in front of him, was bothered by this. Ravada Barmasna Rav says to Rava, who, di- who didn't appoint a middleman, I think that you should appoint the middleman. Ravah says, Why? The, it's only if they had Nisuin, To which Ravada Ada Bar says, "True, That's only when they're not, you know, uh, so comfortable with each other. Hani, I could tell them this couple, the do the They, they're dealing with each other and they're interacting with each other as if they already moved in together. And the way, and therefore, he says, you know, it would be appropriate. To put, uh, make a middleman between them, and it seems from the sefer of the Gemara, that's the end. We're up to the next Mishnah. It seems from the way the Gemara ends off that kach ha halacha. This is the halacha. This is the this is the, the proper way to go for a bezdin to handle such a circumstance. Okay, beautiful. So who appoints the intermediary? intermediary? A bezdin, will uh, uh, will appoint the uh, intermediary. Intermediary, yeah. All right. The Next Mishnah. Next Mishnah. You know Let's pause for a minute and talk outside for a moment. Can a 10-year-old give testimony? No. Can a 20-year-old give testimony? Yeah. Can a 20-year-old testify... About something that they saw as a 10 year old Interesting You're going to lie on some, potentially rely on somebody's memory from 10 years ago? Yeah, okay Let's say it's a, it's a Let's say Yeah, let's say Yeah we, we will trust somebody If somebody knows what happened 10 years ago, absolutely But I'm just giving a, an example of something It could be yesterday You have a kid who wasn't Bar Mitzvah yesterday, is Bar Mitzvah today. Can a Godel give testimony about something that they witnessed as a kutan? Here's why it's such a deep question. And this is going to be the topic of the next mission. A Kuton cannot testify. Why? They don't have Das. A Godel could testify. They have Das. Can somebody with Das... This is so deep, it's so profound, it's amazing. Somebody with Das... Can we get into and change what we originally experienced? You understand? This is incredible. I originally experienced this as a 10-year-old. Now I'm 20. Do we say, listen, you can't testify for something you saw at 10. It registered in your mind, and it registered in the mind of a 10-year-old. You can't testify. What do we say? Now that you're an adult so you have a greater grasp of something you saw previously so such a, I'm telling you this is, this is isn't doesn't apply to so many things in life how many times do we learn something in the parsha a story particularly in the book of Beratius. and we're like oh really but my kindergarten teacher told me that asov wore a sideways baseball cap and now uh, I'm actually seeing that he's, he, he walked around with, uh, looking like a big tzaddik with a strimal and a and long tzitzit. Well, one second, I, I thought, hey, right? When we're taught things as children and we learn things as children, very often it just stays like that. And we never change, develop it into the mind of an adult, which is a big idea to do. It's so important. As we go through Yiddishkeit, as we go through Torah, to make sure we develop our thoughts and our understandings far beyond how it, anything it registered when we were younger. This applies to Tyre and applies to any life experience. Okay, let's keep going. We've got uh, to move along over here. Says the Mishnah. In the following people, in the following situations are allowed to testify when they are an adult about things that they saw uh, while they were a Katam. So here we go. You're 20 years old. You want to testify about something that happened when you were 10. A person is believed to say, Zek sav Abba. I recognize my dad's signature. Yeah? So this kid's father passed away when he was 12. When he's 20 years old, he has. we need somebody to certify that his father actually signed on something. Can he certify his father's signature? The answer is yes. Yeah. We trust an adult to tell us that he saw this as a child, and that's his father's signature. Same as a Rebbe. The Zek Sav Shal Rebbe. That is my my Rebbe's signature. The Zek Sav Shal Ochi. And this is my brother's signature. We trust him to certify. Uh, their uh, their signatures. Even if he saw their signatures as a minor, hayisi If he says, "I remember this woman," bihinuma parua, which is an expression of a virgin. He says, "I remember this woman that she went to her wedding as a besula." What happens? You Have a husband and wife fighting over the value of the ksuba. Let's say the ksuba gets lost, and now we have to rewrite another one. The wife says, Listen, I was a virgin, I was I, I get a 200 zuz ksuba. The husband says, No, it was 100. Yeah, so we have somebody testify that she went to the wedding with uh, the, the type of wedding that would be fit for a basuba. Okay, now he was uh, 10 years old at the time of uh, of the wedding. I could very much relate to this, because I'm so much younger than so many of my siblings. Said all the pictures at their chasnas. Yeah, there's pictures of me like uh, sneaking cream pie and stuffing my face and then saying I didn't eat it, you know. Yeah, you know, they were getting married and I'm five years old, six years old, yeah. So you remember, you remember that it was a chasna, but it was younger. And I remember that this guy would walk out of the, walk out of the day school because he wanted to eat truma for lunch, and he had to go to the mikvah before eating truma. So basically, you're testifying about somebody else that he's a kohen. And also, you know, I was I was ten years old. I'm a ten year old kohen. And yeah, you know, when I was ten, and I would go to the granary to go get truma, this yid would also get truma. So I know he's a kohen. Fine. Or you could testify that this specific field is a pras. okay? A pras is uh, when you have a concern about a dead body being buried somewhere, you want to know, and then it's plowed over, you want to know how far there's a possibility of the bones extending. So you have a kid who used to play out in the local fields. He says, I remember this is where this field started, this is where this field ended, what it's called. You know, he knows his way around town. Fine. The arkan Khan, Hayinu Bon and also, we, uh, we trust them to say how far the Tchum Shabbos went. The 2,000 Amis that's permitted to walk outside the city he says, oh, I remember I used to walk around, play with my friends, and we were told to stop over here. Fine. So all those things, we accept the testimony. But if you're 20 years old and you're testifying as a katan, you are not going to be trusted in the following case. Okay. We're not going to trust you to say that somebody had rights to pass through somebody else's field, or or this guy had rights to stand and give a in this place as well. You, you don't have the rights to do that. We're not going to trust a goddol who says that when there, is a, uh, when there is a minor around. Okay, I'm sorry, w- about something that happened when he was a minor. Why? So let's explain those two cases. What happens is like this. is a fascinating halacha. If somebody owns a field, and behind their field, Ruven owns a field. Behind Reuven's field is Shimon's field. There's a path that went through to Shimon's field. And people always walk through it. Reuven has no right to stop people from, from cutting through that path. Let's say, for whatever reason, Leilam goes on vacation, that path is gone. And now, Reuven says, "No, nobody could walk. There's, there's no path. There's no path. There never was. And I never." Yeah. And Shimon's like, "No, I need a path to get to my field. Uh, you know, people want to walk through. Whatever. We're not going to believe a guddle to tell us that when I was a katan, I used to walk on that path. Why? Because you're taking away somebody's real estate. See, in all the first cases of the Mishnah, the testimony." is not directly connected to a financial matter. There are financial ramifications, of course, when it comes to Xuba, when it comes to um, signatures, and so on and so forth. But to actually directly say, this path doesn't belong to Ruven, right? Or this is the place where they were allowed to give public him even though the deed is under this guy's name and therefore he doesn't have rights to use it. Well, that's a direct testimony that has to do with financial matters. And we don't allow a gadol to say he remembers that as a katan. Ravuna berei Yeshua says the Gemara. Ravuna berei derav Yeshua says v'hu a Okay. In the ratio of the Mishnah that we trust him is when there's also a gadol stating what he said. In other words, you have an adult saying, I remember she went to her chuppah. As a basula, for example, along with this cotton that's when we're going to accept the testimony of the cotton and our mishnah has to give us all of these uh, all of these cases. Yeah, for example, signature of my father, signature of my rebbe, signature of my brother. Right? Why? If we would have only only said that a child has the right that, that an adult could tell us that when I was a child I I knew my father's signature, I would say mishum d'shchiach gabe Halavai. You know what the Gemara is assuming? Children actually spend time with their fathers. If only, halavai. Right. So we'll say maybe a child could recognize his father's signature. Why? Because fathers spend time with children. Avor But what about his Rebbe? Loi. You learn by this Rebbe. Yeah. You're not by you're not by the Rebbe as much. Maybe he doesn't really know his Rebbe's signature. If the Mishnah would have said that you're trusted to remember your father's signature and you're trusted to remember your Rebbe's signature, maybe we would trust him about his Rebbe's signature because of awe of his Rebbe. Meaning when somebody's Rebbe says something or writes something, it has a, a, a more a lasting impression. And you recall that for longer. But maybe by the father, light. There's no awe and fear of the father, so maybe not. So therefore, each one has its own added idea. So we, we know that you're tr- the, the father, you could, you're trusted to recognize the signature. The Rebbe, you're trusted to recognize, recognize the signature. What about the brother's signature? Says the Gemara, And if you would have only mentioned the brother and the father, the, I'm sorry, the Rebbe and the father, I would say, Abiv Dishhi Akabay V Rabbah Dislay we trul we trust him. Avalakh, what about your brother, ha. You not scared of your brother, you don't spend so much time with your brother. A Malai, I would say. You not believe to recognize his signature, Kamashman. The mission let's know even the brother. Keep of the Kiyum stars, Midrabanan, since establishing a star is Midrabanan, him knew Rabbanan Kidrabanadan um. Uh, allow him, trust him to recognize the signature by Adin, din period. And that's the Chiddush, Gavaldic, two dots. Here we go. We're now five lines from the bottom of Chofches, Omur, Aleph. I remember this woman went out to her chasna with a veil and her hair uncovered signs of being a virgin of bisula my time why do we trust him now the obvious question is this has direct effect on financial matters right she's going to get a ksuba of 200 since most women who get married are bisula gile he's just like extending that chazaka, but it's not like we're totally relying on his statement. Next part of the Mishnah, uh, you know, when I was a kid, this man would go out and go to the mikvah so he could eat who. Maybe he's a servant of a kayin. He ah. How do you know that this kid is, t- how did this kid know that when this guy left yeshiva to go to the mikvah, that he was a kayin? May, the halacha is, as we learned before, even the property of a Kohen is Ladi Chumah. So maybe that guy who walked out is the Evet, is the servant of a Kayan, and not a Kayan himself. Why are we trusting the kid? Answers the Gumara Messiah the Beshuva Levi. Where is this guy leaving from? Where is he going to the mikveh from? Let me ask you a question. Where, what was the case of the Mishnah? Was he going from the ball game? Is he going from the club? Is he going from the house? Where is he leaving from? Yeshiva! Says the Gemara, it's approved to be sure. Will leave the Rabbi also La dom she a lament is after You now let a teacher have a canon and Since you'll teach you a canon and and I saw this man leaving Yeshiva to go to the mikveh, must be he's a kayan. Says the Gemara, but you now let a teacher have a canon Taira. But Tanabe Lamden Abraisa, love a man rabbi. If a master, ready for this, if a master borrows money from his servant. Now, let me ask a question. Why would a master borrow money from his servant? Why would he do that? Isn't it his? Isn't it his? Yes. So why would he borrow? See, here's the trick. It's not a trick, but we'll call it the chap. The chap over here is, if you see a master borrowing money from somebody who we know to be a servant... Shouldn't this be a natural assumption that the servant has been freed? Right? You, you witness that. are okay. like, hello! <laughs> Must be not a servant anymore. Let's keep going. Aisha saw Rabbi. Or, Aisha uh, saw Rabbi Apitropos. Or, his master makes him an Apitropos. What's an apitrupus? Rashi Rashi says... He's, a, he's instructed to deal with all the business aspects of the real estate of the master. Now, would somebody in general appoint their evokanani to do that? No. no. Usually this is uh, uh, somebody who's hired, that you trust and is, uh, right, has a position. Or you see a servant starting, he, he, he comes to chakras with his rabbi, he starts rapping to Till now he's been known to be an Abba You see him by chakras, he's putting on tefillin. Or he's reading three shukim in shul. Says the brysa, you cannot assume he's free. You cannot assume he's free. Just because the master borrowed money from him, maybe they have some sort of setup. Whatever it is. You know why we're mentioning this brysa though? Because you see from here, you can have an Eved, who's not free, learning three psukim of Tyra in the Beis nessus So you see, you're allowed to, uh, an Eved's allowed to learn Tira. To which the Gemara answers, also very profound and very important, <speaking in Hebrew> over there, the Bryce is dealing with an Eved who's learning by himself. An Eved kanani can teach himself Torah. If he wants to open up a stone Chumash, he wants to open up an hard school sinner. You don't need to stop him. But where do we say you're not allowed to teach your Evid Tyra Means you're not allowed to send your Evid to a Jewish day school. You don't give your Evid a uh, a Jewish education. That's what's going to be uh, Sir. So what do you see from here? What do you see from here? If you see somebody who was known to be an Evid is now in Yeshiva. For example, what happened in the Mishnah? I as a child saw a man leaving, uh, uh, somebody leaving yeshiva to go to the mikveh to eat truma. It must be they weren't in Eved and was already a Kohen and that's why we trust them. Beautiful. <coughs> Back to our Mishnah. Litval lechel betruma that this guy, the testimony is this guy left to go to the mikveh to eat truma. Betruma Rabbanon, as we explained before has to be truma because we're dealing with the testimony of a kota. I testified about this guy. He would receive truma with us at the granary. The same way a koyin allowed to receive truma at the granary. So the slaves also were allowed to eat Shuma. So how do you know he was actually a koyin? It says, There's a bright mission that teaches us in the granary, even though an evad of a Kohen, the servant of a Kohen, is allowed to eat truma. We wouldn't give him the truma in the granary. We'd only give him the truma if his Kohen master was there. Datania, because learned in a We're only going to give uh, the the truma to the evad if the master's with him. Rabbi says he's able to no, say he's able to say he's actually allowed to collect the truma because he's going to say listen. If I'm a kohen, I'm a kohen, and if I'm the servant of a kohen, I should I should uh, receive on I, I should receive the uh, truma on that account for the fact that I am owned by the kohen. Okay. Now it seems from this that Rebuhuda Yehuda will not say to give a regular eved a coin. Uh, a, a, a truma. I'm sorry. Rebuda is not saying to give a regular Eved truma. Over here, the case is where we're unsure. We're unsure. People are saying, oh, you can't... So you're saying, over here you're saying Maman of Shach. Listen, I'm saying I'm a kain. So you either give it to me as a kain, and you're saying I'm the Eved of kain. Fine. So then, th- that, that's when you have the Maman of Shach. Either way, I should be getting Shuma. If you don't have the Maman of Shach, Rebuda is not going to say uh, to give it to him. It says the Gemara made Rabbi Yehuda you should know in the place of Rabbi Yehuda if somebody received Truma in the granary, that was a proof that they had proper yichas. Now, because of that, we obviously are not going to give Truma to anybody who we don't know to have impeccable Yechus. Okay? Otherwise, it's going to lead to a lot of mistakes. In the city of Rabbi and therefore, we're allowed to be more lenient. Because just because you gave him Truma did not change uh, any understanding of his of his lineage. Tony of i says, you should know i ne- generally never testified. And then I ended up giving testimony. Velu And unfortunately that one time I gave testimony and Evid was turned into a Kayun because of my testimony. Hell says where Helu he was elevated, you know you, you can't change somebody to be a Kayan. The famous joke. A guy comes to the rabbi he says Rabbi i want to be a Kayan the rabbi says, "I can't make you a kain. I'm sorry." He says, "I'll give you ten thousand donation to your shul if you make me a kain." The rabbi says, "Why are you? Why are you offering so much money? Why is it so important?" He says, "Because my father's a kain. I also want to be a kain." So the rabbi says, "Fine. For ten grand, I can make you a kain." Okay, that's the joke. Now, is there such a thing as being haluu? Can you make a kain? Can't make a kain. Doesn't just happen. You have to be born a kain. What does it mean? so They elevated the the to be a mean? Even the animals of Tzadikim, maybe al Yadam, famous story, right? But even the animals of uh, Tzadikim, the famous story of Reb Ben Yair, as Rashi explains, that his animals wouldn't eat anything that were not completely misered and Trumad and everything. So over here, Tzadikim, how much more so is it not possible that a Blazer caused something bad to happen? So the Gemara says you're right the they wanted to make a, a somebody into a Kayin and it got too close and it's is dangerous he saw that in the town of Rabyasi was and and uh, he he went and testified in the city of Rabbi Yehuda where they did not elevate somebody to the status of uh, of Kayin Base and also I'm testifying that this place is a Base of Pras next piece of the mission Taliwul the Brisa I'm I'm sorry my timer what's the reason Base Aprastra bona because Base not vindra bona and again we trust a goddle to tell us what happened when he was a Kutan, as long as we're dealing with the Dindra Bana. Dam Ravidura Mashmo, Ben Apechodam Besapras, a person is allowed to blow on the ground of a Besapras to make sure there's no bones of any corpses and keep walking. Ravida barami Mishmeh Ravihudam Ravud Brami says the name of Rabbi Yehuda Besapras Shanidash Tohar, a Besa that's been trampled upon. You have a path that was walked on by people. You could just walk on that path and you could assume that there's no bones there. My time a oh, why? Yeah, shalatim kesarus I need this beregel Anything that's that's big enough to give off toma certainly has already been trampled on by and by feet and there's no concern. Next part of the mission of Adkan Einu Bon and we also trust him to say that until here we went we went to a, on Shabbos Kesavart Chub again because we trust the God to say what happened that he was a Katan if it's a Dinder and we hold. Chum uh, the two thousand amos is dinder abanan the einam and leimar uh, and we're not permitted to say derecha leblani magabazeh that this person had a path maima the misper leblani magabazeh which is financial matters my time but why don't we trust a kid to say I know there was a path when I was a kid afukeim mo'el lemafkinah we don't remove money based upon the testimony of a kotan tana rabanan the rabbis know that's why the rabbis naman adina glamer a child is trusted to say kachom rliyabam mishbachuzut tayr mishbachuzut to me my father told me this family has good lineage this family doesn't. It really means pure and impure. What does it mean, pure and impure? My father told me this family has tainted lineage, and this family doesn't have tainted lineage. And I also remember that we ate a kitzatza. What is a kitzatza? We'll see in a moment. Um, that, 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 uh, at the wedding of, of these people. And we'd also give our challah to this guy who's a challah. We said he's trusted by himself, but not if it was brought. He says, Oh, I know that somebody else brought the challah to this guy who claims to be a challah. The kulon, in all these cases, let's say they were gayim who converted ever. He had this fascinating, fascinating statement. Artemis is talking about a gadol who's testifying about something that happened when he was a katan. Can a a convert test about something that they witnessed before they converted? Says this b'raisa, no. They can only testify on happenstance once they already converted to Judaism. We also do not trust an adult to say that they witnessed as a child that this guy had a path. No, we do trust. He argues on the Seifa of the Mishr. What's the case of where we're trusting him? Why are we relying on a kid to remove money from somebody else? It's got to be going on the beginning of the price of a kulon. What do we say in all these cases? Let's say he converted. He was in and then he was sleeved. you're not trusted on that the same way you trust a twenty year old to say this is what happened when I was ten, we're gonna trust the convert to say this is what happened when I was still not Jewish. But my what's the machlekas? says the the behold since he was not Jewish at the time, the goyim. until I'm Jewish, I don't know to be careful in what I'm actually seeing. To know that I'm gonna to have to show up and testify. And therefore, you can't go back to that original site. Since he intended to convert, no, he wants to act like he did. My kitzotza. what's this Ketzotza that we mentioned before? Last step to finish off the parak, the Tanara Banon, because the rabbis learned in social we. Katsat had they do achim isha sheina Let's say you have a brother who marries a woman who's puzzled to him. She's not allowed he wasn't allowed to marry her. Whatever she was a Mamzaris, Whatever the case was, ba the family comes. They bring a basketful of fruit. They break it in the middle of the street. They should say. Ahenu basis Shiimbu, everybody listen here, Ahinu, our get Iisha like my brother brother's marrying this woman who he's not allowed to marry Now the problem is now that he's got the same last name as us. everybody knows that it's going to be an issue with his last name, it's going to impact our whole family. come take. Examples for generations. So to, I want, we're making a statement. We don't want his offspring to ever come and intermarry or get involved with our offspring. And this is the katsatsa that we trust an adult to say happened at the time when he was a child that there was a family that went out into the street and said that this brother who's marrying him, uh, against Halacha is limited to him but the rest of us are okay if he witnesses this, we're going to rely on him and say that their families actually remain with untinted lineage. Beautiful. Hadronalach Isha Shen Isarmila. Hadronalach Isha Shen Isarmila. Hadronalach Isha Shen Isarmila. We will return to you. Isha Shen Isarmila. Bez Hashem. Tremendous tov. Everybody who finished this second parak of Mesech Hatsubas, tomorrow we will pick up with Daf Khaftas with the third parak of Tzubas, I'm sorry I had to run through the end of the daf, Uh, to to finish up, and it's worthwhile, chazering over this last Ahmed, so, so much that's here, so many limudim, have a wonderful, wonderful evening everybody.